the poet laureate of rock and roll, the voice of the promise of the 60s counterculture, the guy who forced folk into bed with rock, who donned makeup in the 70s and disappeared into a haze of substance abuse, who emerged to find Jesus, who was written off as a has-been by the end of the 80s, and who suddenly shifted gears and released some of the strongest music of his career beginning in the late 90s. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Each and Every Door, an educational podcast about Bob Dylan, religion, and spirituality. Here are your hosts, Malcolm Gold and Jay Case. Someone's got it in for me, they're planting stories. And that, without any introduction, is the beginning of a famous Bob Dylan song, Idiot Wind. And we thought we'd give it to you on this episode, just as he gives it on on the album, without any introduction, without any, just... Boom! It's right in it right away. It, it's just it just knocks you off your feet, doesn't it? Just it it boom. does. And you wonder, well, where's the introduction? <laughs> Where did that introduction go? Yes. Yeah. It, and now do we say welcome? Hi, Mal. How are you doing? Uh, we're oh, starting this yes, episode yes. seventeen Hello, this way. Jay, how Hi. are you? I, I, I'm I'm doing better than Bob Dylan was doing in 1974. Well, um, yes, I can, I, can, I I I get your point there. Although very creative period of time for him. True. Um, I... But let's face it: who would want to be that creative <laughs> and go through that much pain? <laughs> yeah, I should qualify it. I emotionally doing better creatively no can't hold a candle to that and this episode we're going to be talking about idiot wind which is a painful song would you call it a breakup song i i'm not well yes i suppose in it's in an elementary kind of form it would have to do with at least we think or many people would suspect his breakup with his wife uh, sarah of course dylan in an interview about 10 years after he uh, recorded idiot wind was asked about what this song was about and he kind of deflected and suggested that it wasn't really about breaking up with Sarah but Jay and you know I like Bob Dylan Mm -hmm. but I I think he's lying I think he was lying what I know I know (laughs) I I, I don't even think he thinks that he was lying he probably thought he was telling the truth but I just find it very very difficult to believe that this song really wasn't inspired by the very traumatic and painful events that was taking place in his life at that time, going through, um, uh, (laughs) if Idiot Wind is anything to go on, a very, very bad separation. Right. They hadn't divorced yet when he wrote this song. They're in the kind of throes of the pain and agony, right? One one gets the impression that they are definitely in the throes of it, yes. And the album is full of a lot of what you might call relationship songs. Mm-hmm. One yes. more piece of evidence with that, Bob Dylan's son, Jacob, at one point said something like, the album, Blood on the Tracks, is the sound of my parents talking to one another. <laughs> that's, that's good. That, yes, yeah. 
So there's another source that maybe mm-hmm. would know better than you and I would about mm-hmm. about this. Well, well but yes. t- tell me then, how do you see the song? How would how would you outline this this song? Well, uh, we've already used the word pain, and mm-hmm. I, I think that more than any song on this album, Blood on the Tracks, Idiot Wind is a very very painful. It's a very difficult song to listen to i think the the musical style and the way the song just just places you like you mentioned and as we have heard there is no introduction there is no opening chords no strumming a guitar before the the first verse starts it's just someone's got it in for me it's just dunk and outburst hits you yes and i think that it's very effective because it kind of it doesn't give you a moment to breathe mm. it just places you right in the middle of this pain and this chaos that is being described in this song it's a very very effective way to start a song that features this kind of contents so for me when i first heard it i was i was just transported instantly whether i wanted to be or not into this terrible situation this claustrophobic situation that dylan is singing about in very very graphic terms it's breaking up with his with his wife and i did that I, I did feel all along that for me there's never been a question he is singing about his experience of um, his relationship with Sarah and how things are going very, very badly wrong. And it's it's vicious. Terribly if... vicious, yeah. If Idiot Wind is a breakup song or relationship song, how does it compare to other breakup songs, would you say? <laughs> well, we've been thinking about this, haven't we? How do other artists do breakup song we should do this first we should for for those that are not fully familiar with this song we should play the chorus where the title comes in right let's play the chorus right here first of all And how many syllables does idiot have in it? That's that's what I've always wondered. We, we, we'll get. We, that's another question. I was thinking about this in the past couple of days. But comparing to other breakup songs, yes, I did a very unscientific, not a deep dive into research on breakup songs. I did what we might call. Um, standard american research which is you just go on google and you type in breakup songs ah, and yes, uh, i see and it came up with a bunch of lists of like the top 40 breakup songs and 
or the top 50, and I looked at, I don't know, a half dozen of these lists, and I looked at the songs that they had on there, many of which I was familiar with and many that I was not. And I found two primary themes in breakup songs. Okay. Number one was the heartache of the breakup, this, the sense of longing that, oh, that you're no longer together, the sadness of that. And then anger and pain at the romantic other person, yes. right? Anger at them for doing you wrong, cheating on you or treating you badly, or the pain when what a spouse or romantic partner cheated on me or treated me bad or something like that. Yes. But, but anger Be and pain directed at the other person. Because breaking up is hard to do. It is. Which I think is a song. And that one appeared on many of these lists. Yep. Yeah, and you know the winner takes it all. <laughs> oh, which I believe is another song. If we're talking about popular music, you just had to bring Abba in here. Now I, I've got to tell you, Jay, I yeah. am cheating because I do have a list up as well. Oh, you do? As yes, and I've got to tell you, most of these songs must have been written after about. 1990 because i don't recognize the titles <laughs> of them at all i i can only i'm only going to mention the ones that have you know that were written in the 70s or the 80s. <laughs> yeah that, this these is... are the only ones i recall the abba the winner takes it all mm -hmm. is one or half of these i really haven't heard of someone someone called boys to men what yeah what yeah boys to I, men. Don't, I don't know men is that is that a is that a group yes it is what they were originally a boys uh well anyway they changed their name as they got older i can't remember what the sorry ah, I'm okay. Showing my okay ignorance here okay oh Sinead o'connor yeah nothing compares to you yeah that's a little bit of a fulsome song isn't it that one if i remember it correctly yeah so Getting back to your question of how it compares, in this song, first of all, Dylan is angry at, in this case, mm -hmm. we think his wife. But boy, he is far more vicious, mm -hmm. I think, than, than any of those others are. Or at least he can articulate and sing it in a way that is, you know, like I said, just nastier than, than mm -hmm. the others. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, th th thinking about this comparison, I, I think it's probably true to say that for most people in the, the music industry, pop singers, their aim is, yes, to write a nice song, but one that will sell, one mm -hmm. that will um, have a, a far-reaching appeal. Uh, am I being too cynical no, I, here, Jay, I think Do you think that's reasonable? I to, think that's reasonable for, for many of them. Maybe yes, most of them... Yes. Yeah, and you know, listening to Idiot Wind, one never gets the impression for one second that forefront on Dylan's mind is how it's going to sell, how it's going to have a far-reaching audience. In, um, in fact, in an interview that came out just four months after the album was released, he said uh, he was informed that you know this album is really selling. Mm -hmm. very well and this is what dylan said he said a lot of people tell me they enjoy that album it's hard for me to relate to that i mean people enjoying that type of pain you know <laughs> which <laughs> that's classic and i guess there can be some enjoyment or satisfaction in that 
but I don't know that viciousness <laughs> right. will sell yes. that longly because I mean, people listen to breakup songs for far more than just mm -hmm. comfort in the midst of their own breakup. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think that when I listen to Idiot Wind, and uh, like, like we have mentioned before, when you, when you are contemplating something that is an actual piece of art, it has a way of being able to articulate that deepest within ourselves, those, those, those emotions, those sentiments that we, we may experience. Dylan somehow is able, through his words and through his music, provide some kind of channel for those sentiments, for those words, for those, those feelings an articulation uh, that's for me something that is you know very very real when i listen to bob dylan when i listen to this song and i hear the pain in his voice i hear the words that he sings even though they are crushing and absolutely just just permeated with with misery there is some catharsis there there is some catharsis in being able to listen to that yeah but there's Although more. it's very uncomfortable. But there's more in this song. And we have to get to a very important part of this song, which is another thing that makes it different from virtually any of the other breakup songs that I read about or were familiar with on the breakup list. And that is most of the way through the song, about four-fifths of the way through the song, there is this turning. Right. Idiot wind is, you know, you are an idiot, babe. It's it's him speaking to, presumably, Sarah and saying Sarah. these nasty things well, just about her. Very bitter, very vitriolic, very hateful, spiteful, all of those things, yes. Right. And then, just the very last verse before the last chorus, you get a... On the album version, you get this shift. Let's Let's listen to... What shifts in terms of how he's speaking to the other person here? We'll, we'll, we'll play this segment. You'll never know the hurt I suffered. And then the key is the very last chorus when it's no longer uh, you're an idiot, babe. It's we're idiots, babe. Yeah. He's turned yeah. the vitriol aside because he's turned back and, and looked at the, the pain that he has caused also. His role in the breakup or his role in the, the conflict, the deep sort of anger and I don't know what else is, is in this jealousy and, and so forth. And right. mm -hmm. that is an uncommon thing in yes. popular breakup songs, to turn the focus back on yourself and to say, yeah, I'm very much part of the problem here, too. Mm -hmm. And that last refrain, 
where he talks about where where he includes we when when he includes himself as as um uh, in recognizing his role as you said Jay this song becomes very confessional mm-hmm. at that point for me mm-hmm. he he's revealing to us uh, he's just taken on this taken us on this what seven eight minute long journey of of screaming and ranting and and raging against this person pointing the finger accusing saying all kinds of really really mean things but then the end of the song comes and he like you say he turns it around and he is confessing to us He's saying, look, all of these things that I've said to you just now, I'm saying to me, I too am uh, culpable. And yeah, this is a significant move. This is a, something that Dylan does lyrically. This is, in a sense, what the song is is building up to. And um, the, realization, the realization that everything, all that vitriol that is directed at presumably Sarah, he is actually directing at himself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite an amazing thing. And this is, I, I should say, important for my own, I guess, interest in Bob Dylan. Back 20 years ago or so, <laughs> or 15, 20 years ago, when I was getting interested in, in Dylan, and at first I was more interested in him as terms of cultural and political and social significance, and then when I heard this song and I saw that turn, yeah, <laughs> and it comes just like the beginning of the sun song is just this outburst. He's kind of like ranting throughout the song and he just without thinking, he turns that and suddenly there's this realization yeah, just through the ranting. Oh, and it makes me feel so sorry. So sorry. Yeah. yeah. That was at that point I thought, whoa. There is something to this, Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Insight into human nature and to be able to communicate that in a way that a lot of other songs have never have not done. And and, and, and that's right. this song had quite a big impression on me early on when I was starting to listen to Bob Dylan seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And certainly for for me, when I first heard this uh, this song off the the blood on blood on the tracks album it it was one of those songs that that also le- left a great impression on me it's one that i i keep coming back to and it's it's powerful and many many people reference it um if you look at different lists often it's listed amongst various Dylan aficionados as quite quite high up there on on the list of their most appreciated songs of Bob Dylan. Interestingly, there were some critical voices when this album and this track was released. I think that some people didn't quite get that nuance jay mm. that you have that you have just just mentioned i i was reading early on this week that there there were some some critics who absolutely loved it and thought you know kind of understood the the, the power of the song in all of its dimensions there's some critics who 
who wrote quite scathingly that it was fairly petulant and just a, just a rant and a rave. I've never thought that. I've always thought that that, that shift from the, the, accusi- the, the accusing tone and the direction of his vitriol turning on himself, that always stood out to me as being very, very significant, very profound and confessional. Let me ask you about one more part of the song, not just the text and what he says, but the sound. Mm -hmm. You mentioned how many syllables are there in idiot? I mean, he adds a couple, right? He does, yes. Okay, what do you get there? Idiot. 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 Is there four or five syllables there? I th- Idiot wins. I, well, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe he drops one every now and again. Four, I think. Idiot. At least four. Idiot. Idiot. Yeah. Yes. And he does that with some of the other words in this song, too. Does that musically do anything to you? Oh, it's, it's, I mean, okay, so, and I, going back to when I first heard this, and I do remember hearing this for the first time, and or, or hearing Blood on the Tracks for the first time quite well. It's strange. It, it For me, for my ears, it was just, wow, this is so unusual. What a strange sound. And not only the, the idiot style you know the way he sings that but but you know the way he his voice kind of goes up in the shrill and then comes back down yes very very odd and to to people who are maybe not used to listening to bob dylan (laughs) or they're they're coming to bob dylan for the first time it it's gonna be unusual it's not going to be a sound (laughs) that is particularly accessible it's not pretty it's not no it is not pretty singing but for me it's all part of his ability to express a line a sentiment a thought an idea and yes the words that dylan writes are articulate, beautiful, inspiring, all of these things. But for me, it's difficult to separate them from him singing it also, because there is something in his voice, the style of his singing, the phrasing of the lyrics that just make the whole thing complete. And do you know what? As I was thinking about this this week, do you know what this version of the song makes me feel when he's doing those sort of things with the syllables or the rising up like you talked where you, you, know, yes. you know like that that line i'm double crossed now for the last time now i'm finally free, free. i've been double crossed now for the very last time and now i'm finally free yes <laughs> and i thought this is the wind Yes. This is the wind, yes. you know, it's like yes. gusting, yes. coming up and down, yes. howling wind, not just a breeze. 
what he intended but i just felt like his his singing is this anguished howl of the wind yes yeah uh, absolutely yeah it's very expressive and while we're on that and maybe maybe we will play some excerpts in in the second episode of this podcast but there are a number of different versions of idiot wind and the version that the excerpts that we've been playing in this podcast these are from the studio album these re-recorded uh, from the new york sessions but the new york sessions are very very different very different and yeah. may maybe it would be a good idea in our next episode to compare and contrast some of the differences between those and the, obviously lots of people have different feelings about whether they prefer the New York sessions or the the sessions that eventually ended up on the the studio version of Blood on the Tracks, be interesting to maybe it would be look at that and, and unpack some of the differences there. And 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 people have uh, opinions about this. Um, do. <laughs> <laughs> this um, one. Well, anyway, we can talk about that next week. Let's, and, let's talk. But, yes. but or next episode. But let me also say this. One more thing for next episode. Idiot Wind and a 6th century Jewish scholar. We're going to put those together. Right. Let's do it. We'll do it. And then we get into some theology and some religion, which is implicit in this, because we're talking about human nature. But we're going to unpack that more next week. Next week or next episode, whatever that will be. Next I can't episode. say it will be next Whichever week. Whichever comes first. Whichever comes first. That's right. Okay. Until okay. then, Mal. Until then, bye for now, Jay. Okay. Bye.